Y Group invites all AEC industry leaders to the 2024 AEC Small Business and Entrepreneurship Forum, the premier event for small firms in the AEC sector. Experience innovative strategies and insights on May 21st, crafted by Zweig Group's industry experts. Engage in keynotes and interactive sessions focused on recruitment, retention, and business growth. Join Zweig Group for this unique networking opportunity and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit ZweigGroup.com for more information. The Zweig Group team looks forward to welcoming you. Welcome to the Zweig Letter Podcast, putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting advice and guidance in your ear. Zweig Group's team of experts have spent more than three decades elevating the industry by helping AEP and environmental consulting firms thrive. And these podcasts deliver invaluable management, industry, client, marketing, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The Zweig Letter Podcasts, elevating the design industry one episode at a time. Hey folks, I can't believe I'm saying this, but welcome to another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. Yes, it's me, Randy Wilburn. I am back and in full effect, although under... Um, a very different scenario than in the past. Uh, I, I am no longer an employee with Zui Group, but I am a consultant to Zui Group. Have been actually since I left the company. But one of the things that I did was, um, you know, we put the Zui Letter podcast on hiatus, and um, it's time to bring it back. Uh, I got a, had a chance to sit down with uh, my current guest for today, Christy Zweig, and also sat down with Chad Kleinens, the president and CEO of Zweig Group. And we said, enough is enough. We've got to put this podcast back together. And then in, in no uncertain terms, this whole coronavirus thing came about uh, and really hit us here in the United States in such a profound way. And so uh, I wish I could I could say that this this particular episode is coming with much fanfare. It isn't. We'll have another day for that. We really want to talk about some of the major issues that are impacting our uh, industry leaders, our, our all design firms that uh, work in the AE space. You know, there are so many architectural firms, engineering firms, um, planning firms, uh, landscape architecture firms that are going to be severely impacted by this. Uh, even the construction industry, of course, is impacted. So we're kind of all in this together. And what we wanted to do today is, is kind of go over some of the data points and information that we have received uh, recently, I mean, up to date, even as of up to this morning, as well as just sharing some simple ideas and ways that you can get through this COVID-19 pandemic. And I do believe, uh, as I think a lot of people do, that, that we can survive this. Um, of course, I wasn't around during the Spanish flu. And I wasn't around doing some of these other pandemics, but you know, when you read stories about it, um, people people hunkered down and people got together and really supported each other. And I think even in this this age of social media, this age of instantaneous gratification when it comes to anything that we want is that is basically within a keystroke on our phone. 
we need to be doing, we need to be sending out doses of encouragement in any way, shape, or form that we can. And so Zwei Group today is trying to do that through this particular episode, and we will be doing that moving forward with regular updates about this pandemic as it continues to evolve and as it continues to affect us. So this won't be the last time that we talk about it, but we're jumping right into it. And, and you know what they say, it's, it's like a baptism by fire. Uh, I do podcasts all, all the time, so this is not my first rodeo, but uh, I certainly have pulled somebody in that hasn't done a ton of podcasts, but I'd love for you to just to welcome uh, my good friend, somebody that I've known since she was actually a child, Christy Zweig Niehaus. How are you doing, Christy? I'm doing good, Randy. Thank you so much. And I think that we really need these conversations now more than ever. So I'm, I'm glad that you're able to provide a platform for us today. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, I, I appreciate that. And why don't you just tell uh, the audience a little bit about how this particular survey came about? Because some people may not even be uh, aware of the survey. And we'll put a link to the survey in the show notes for this particular episode. Uh, anywhere you go, we'll put the link, we'll put a hot link right on the uh, show notes for this so that if you're looking at this on your phone or listening to it on your phone, you can click on that link right there and take the survey. And on top of all that, you'll get the updates. But so how did this, how did this survey come about? Well, um, typically at this time of year, we launch what we call our AEC Industry Outlook Survey, where we pull you know, firm leaders in the AEC industry on what their outlook is for the next 12 months and kind of what their experience has been the past 12 months. But literally right as we were getting to launch this survey, um, you know, the coronavirus hit the United States and we started seeing our clients and the firms that we work with having to make some really quick decisions and change things rather rapidly. And I think everybody started to see that, um, you know, the outlook for the AEC industry and the economy in general was was changing very quickly. So we pivoted um, and said, we've got to add some specific questions relating to this into the survey that we usually launch. And then we also realized that people need this information in real time right away. They need it now. They don't need it, you know, 12, uh, 12 days from now after we gather all the responses and create some kind of analysis of it. We've got to make this thing dynamic. We need to be giving people information really every day at this point. So we set the survey up so that um, anybody who takes it automatically gets the results at the end of the survey and it just updates in real time. So every time a new person takes it, you can hit refresh on that page and you can see the numbers changing. Um, And then we're also doing some analysis on it. Really, basically, every time we get another 25 to 50 responses, we're doing additional analysis on it. um, And putting together just a brief report and sending that out to everybody who has taken the survey. Okay. So, and then as of today, so we, the survey was launched on the 12th of March. And, and so um, I think as of you, you had written an article that as of the 15th, you had had about 77 firms from nearly every geographic region in the U S of all sizes and ranges of all disciplines had responded to the survey. Where, where are we currently at as of today, the day that we're actually doing um, this recording? So right now we're at uh, 110 responses. Wow, okay. So it has, has definitely continued to grow and it seems you know, every, every day more coming in and we're also just watching how these numbers change. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, and so I'd, I'd love for you maybe just to kind of go through for our listeners a little bit uh, behind just the uh, some of the questions asked, because I know some of them are basic questions about demographic questions, but but some of the more, um, you know, revealing questions that really got you to realize that, man, people are are are, are starting to course correct in a major way and how they do business. Um, every day. So why don't you kind of go through the survey just a little bit, just to give an idea and, and maybe share some of the data points that you've, uh, that you have found. Absolutely. So, you know, to start off, I think the most obvious question is how are firms dealing with um, having travel limitations on their employees and following CDC guidelines, not having these large gatherings of people in the office. Most offices, you know, throughout the United States are having to move to either a partial work from home policy or completely having everybody work from home. So when we first launched this, the first, you know, more detailed report we did, um, we, we found that still, um, you know, the bulk of firms were moving to be more adjustable and have people work from home. Um, but we asked them what percentage of your firm's workforce can effectively work from home. And the average and median was just around 50%. So that's obviously, that's okay, but that's not great. That's just half of employees being able to continue, you know, effectively working in a different environment. Now, um, as of this morning, that had already shifted to a median of 70% with an average of 61%. So what that says to me is that these firms are adjusting rapidly and being, being able to either invest in technology um, or get more creative with how they typically do their projects so that more people can work in a remote environment. Uh, we're also seeing, obviously, they're having to change some policies as well. I know that the AEC industry can typically um, not move too quickly when it comes to making <laughs> policy changes, yeah. and that's just become a necessity at this point. So, you know, Still, we have about 12% of the industry is saying that my firm does not allow for telecommuting and hasn't changed their policies at all. Hmm. But we're seeing many, many more move towards, you know, being able to allow any employee to telecommute at any time. And, you know, that's up to almost 30% of the industry is now doing that, um, or at least allowing for certain employees to work remote. That's up to 22%. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to think for firms like I know uh, one firm that you had mentioned in your in your article about WGI, you know, they're a six person firm with multiple offices across several states. I I would I would imagine that, you know, if you're a single um, operation, one location, it might be a little easier to kind of work this through. But when you have so many moving parts like a WGI does and like so many of the 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 Zweig group clients do around the country, it, it must be a bear to deal with. Oh yeah, yeah. WGI has six hundred employees. And so I think that they had to really set out with a policy change pretty early on. I think that they reacted very quickly compared to some other firms in the industry just because they had all these different geographic locations and they wanted to get ahead of it. And you know, I think that that was a good response. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, so what else are you, what else are you hearing from this? Let's, let's continue to go through this particular survey. What else um, were were your findings that were really kind of eye-opening? 
So, you know, the, the big question is, you know, how is this going to impact your firm's revenue and how is it going to impact your internal budget? And definitely we're starting to see increased concern about, about revenue decreases. We're up to about 63% of the industry is saying this is probably going to impact my firm's revenue over the next 12 months. Uh, looking at, you, you know, a, a median of about 10% decrease is what most firms are projecting at this point. Uh, not terrible, but it, it's definitely becoming a concern. And I think that they're responding by also considering changes to the budget. Right. So um, right now we're at, you know, 52% of firms in the industry have considering, you know, making some some changes there, tighten that budget a little bit. Um, but still, you know, we've we've got about 45% of firms are saying, hey, we haven't made any changes to the budget yet, and we're not planning on it this time. So they're optimistic. Yeah. So yeah. that's... I mean, I think there's, you know, it's it's funny. I think those responses mirror the general public, right? There there are two there are two schools of thought about this. That well, there's three schools because there's a there is a school of thought, and as as crazy as it sounds, is that this is just a hoax and it's going to go away. Um, there's another school of thought that's like, how oh, the media is overblowing this and, you know, it's not as bad as, as people make it out. And they keep referring back to these age old statistics about the flu, which I get it. I understand yeah. that. I think a lot of that, though, is born out of fear, right? Fear of just the unknown. People just don't know. So I would rather think that, oh, everything's going to be fine as opposed to start hypothesizing about what could be that might not be a favorable outcome. And what could be is that this is a prolonged event. Uh, it we are it, it is a pandemic. It is a, a world situation. This everybody listening to this is not in this by themselves. You are being affected just like everybody else's, your competitors, your clients. It doesn't matter. The coronavirus is no respecter of persons. So everybody is in this together. And I think it's it's just important to bemoan that point because sometimes I think we feel like, oh well. You know, it's not going to affect me the way that it affects my client down the road. Yes, it will. It will. And yeah. if you choose to put your head in the sand, then, you know, as, as some people that I've, I've run across, then you, you, you could really set yourself and your company up for major failure. Well, and I think the key to success in this is quick decision making and honestly, being able to change decisions as the situation changes. So right. we've seen a lot of firms, they've had to make adjustments at first. You know, they wanted to keep their productivity or they didn't have the resources for people to work from home fully. Well, now a lot of those firms have been forced into either making those investments or having a cultural shift that allows for that. It's just become a necessity at this point. And I think that we all just have to be nimble and flexible and keep thinking about what's the most efficient way to get things done. What's a new way that we can get things done based on the current environment that we have, the current restrictions that we have, you know, how can we keep all of our employees safe? How can we keep our clients safe? But also, you know, how can we continue to make progress and move forward every single day? Um, with having some projects be potentially put on hold, uh, you know, right now we're, we're seeing about 25% um, of firms who responded said that their projects have either been canceled or delayed it's a really good time to work on some of your internal initiatives yeah. and it's, it's a good time to, you know, work on a strategic plan going forward. It's a good time to look at to your firm and say, okay, well, what things do we need to change here? It's yeah. really just about, you know, making the most of, of all the time that we have. 
Yeah. And I think that's, and that's, that's kind of what I've been telling people is to kind of hunker down and, and in between doing the work that you have to do, there are, there's so much extra downtime that you actually now have it, have time. You know, we, whenever we've gone into, uh, whenever I've gone into firms and you, you've done this too, you go in to meet with a firm and, you know, of course time is this, is the scarcest resource, right? And it's something that we just don't have enough of. So everybody invariably says, oh, if only I had more time to do this, this, or that. Well, you know what? There, you have nothing else to compete with right now. Um, there are no vacations happening. Um, I, I mean, my kids are off for two weeks for spring break and we are stuck in the house. And that's just the way that it is. So I have no choice. If I'm not sleeping or, or doing some type of workout to keep my sanity going, I am working. And it's just given me a chance to kind of figure out what are my weaknesses, what areas of my business do I need to improve in, and how can I just get better at what I do and even and even improve and add additional offerings. And it's just a time to educate yourself. Um, I, think, I think a lot of personal and professional development should take place in this period, right? Because, you know, whenever we go out and do a ZY group training, anywhere we go, whether it's a TPA or any of the, you know, in-house trainings, you know, people are always like, oh, I just have so much going on. I want to get this training over so I can get back to the work that I have to do. Well, now you have that opportunity to develop yourself professionally and personally in some areas of weakness. And we all have weaknesses. So it's just important for people to think that, you know, look at it as the glass half full as opposed to being half empty with this COVID-19 situation that it, it actually opens up the door for you to do a lot of to, to work on a lot of areas of improvement both for your company, but also for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's a great time to kind of touch base with your clients, see what they're doing um, and, and how they're coping with these challenges as well. Um, and I think it's, it's broken down some barriers between people in a way, even though we're not physically together as much. Um, I am starting to see a lot of camaraderie. I'm seeing you know, even amongst our own office here, we're suddenly having all these different phone conversations with our people that are in other locations that we might not have normally had because we've got time for that. We're doing some brainstorming. We're trying to think about, you know, new solutions and new ways that we can do things. People are calling each other and texting each other. And I, I think, I hate to say this, but those are the positive things that can come out of a, a time like this. So as a firm leader, you know, it's important to touch base with your employees. It may be good good time to do a firm-wide survey and see where everybody is and how they're feeling about things. It's a good time to reach out to people personally and also stay in touch with those clients. Yeah. I, and I like the firm-wide survey idea. It's, it's so easy now to, um, you know, just, just pull out survey monkey and, and, you know, just ask like five or six questions. Don't, you don't have to go crazy. I mean, um, eat, just keep it really simple and just ask some basic information and find out where people are. If you're a large firm, you know, the survey is certainly the way to go. If you're a small firm, say like under a hundred people as a CEO or as one of the leaders in a firm like that, what I would probably do is, um, section out, uh, a number of employees and just tap your leadership to reach out to these individuals and have one-on-one -on -one conversations with them just to check in a welfare check. And then beyond that, just to yeah. say, hey, where, where are you right now? How are things going on all of your projects? What, are you, what do you have concerns with with your projects? What are you happy with with your projects? And then more importantly, what are your overall concerns about how things are going right now? Yeah, totally agree, Randy. And now is a good time to have those conversations. 
Yeah. So, um, so I'd certainly do that. So, so what else, uh, what other, are other points, data points from the survey really jump out at, uh, at you, Christy, that, uh, that you'd like to share with the audience? Well, um, we did keep some of the standard questions that we had in here from the AC industry outlook. And I think that these are more important than ever now. So, um, you know, we asked firms, where do you expect the economy to be in 12 months? And unfortunately, we've seen this kind of tick downwards over the past week even. But, um, you know, we still have about 20% of firms saying, hey, I think that the economy is going to be okay with this. I expect it to be the same in 12 months. Yeah. Yeah. And we only have about 15% are saying that it's going to be in much worse shape. <clears throat> we actually have 17.5% are saying, I think we're going to bounce back from this and the economy is going to be in better shape in 12 months. So there's still a lot of optimism out there. Um, don't think that it, it's all just doom and gloom. And I think it's, it's all in how we respond to it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Um Wow. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I, I try not to uh, get into the hyper hysteria of everything that's going on. But when you look at this, John Hopkins University has the, uh, the COVID-19 global cases um, that they are studying. And it's staggering to see how quickly it's changing here, he, you know, even here in the United States. And, you know, it's just uh, it's a real wake up call that, you know, we have to, you know, now more than ever, we have to react and you know, we even right here, you, you and I are both in Fayetteville, Arkansas, in the center of the country, and we just had our first case. And, you know, I've been told by several people that work in the healthcare industry that um, brace yourself because there are several more coming. And so this is a real yeah. issue. Yeah. This is a real issue. And while we're not necessarily talking about the virus itself, I mean, obviously, every firm needs to be putting in measures in place to protect all of their people. Um, there is no amount of business profit that you can make in this time that will forgo the need to make sure that you first are communicating that you're taking care of your people. People over profit in this in this um, atmosphere is of utmost importance, I think, because the firms that that take a hard line stance in this and make sure that they're taking care of their people, um, it will be reciprocated now and in the future. Because I, I do believe that this too will pass not without some major pain, but it's going to pass. And a lot of people are going to look back historically and say, wow, what did we do? Did we do the right thing or did we not do the right thing? And so, you know, the data points that we're finding from yeah. the survey that you did, Christy, I think are really important. Well, and I think, you know, what we're seeing still in the industry is a lot of firms are not, are like hesitant to issue a formal policy that says, you're not allowed to travel or you're not allowed to network with clients. You're, you're not allowed to do um, certain things, but they're saying, Hey, we support our employees and what kinds of choices they want to make for their own health and safety. But, you know, I think it's going to become important, especially over the next few days that firms are going to have to start drawing a little bit more of a hard line on that because of the nature of the virus, you know, if people are infected and don't realize it, you don't want that spreading around your office or over to your clients as well. And I think that it's also just becoming important to say, you know, hey, we're recognizing this and these are the formal measures that we're taking to respond. And it's more than just, you know, hand washing and don't come around us if you think that you're sick. I think that we, we've got to have some formal policy changes in place so that everybody is on the same page. Yeah. Yeah, so, no. you know, right now we still we still have like half of all firms are saying 
you know, business travel is not a case by case. <laughs> we, we really only have about 20% of firms are saying they've suspended all business travel. Yeah. And, and I think, and that's a hard decision to make, right? Because especially if you've got a, a very, um, very important project as all, all projects are important. So let's just ca- call, call it what it is. Uh, but, but I know there are some time sensitive issues that are taking place and, and it may require your, your face-to-face interaction with somebody. Um, but I got to tell you, I was on a plane last week and it was empty. There were six people coming back from LaGuardia to Northwest Arkansas. Uh, and it was, it was, it was really eerily quiet on the plane. And even going out to Oregon a couple of days before that, where, you know, there's a lot going on, um, it was an empty plane. I mean, people had whole rows to themselves. So you're, if you haven't yeah. been on a, on a plane in a while, you're going to be really surprised if you, if you do get on one recent, uh, soon. I mean, most major airlines have suspended about 40% of their um, operations, especially, uh, of course, international travel. But um, it, is, uh, it, is, it is really, um, you'll, you'll, you'll notice a difference if you have to get on a plane, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. And we're definitely hearing from some clients that they're just having to get in their cars and drive. Yeah. yeah and, that's, that's an option it, you know, too. it does take more time, but it seems like it's a safer option for them. And at least they're still able to accomplish what they need to. And, it, you know, I think a lot of that at this point, you know, if it's just a meeting, it, it can be done virtually. But certain things like being able to look at a project site and, and look at problems out there in the environment, make choices from that are just necessary. You've, you've got to be able to see it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I was even told by somebody, I, I, I have a, a, a client up in, in Boston and, and they, they, all their people are working from home now, which was like un, unheard of. And this was a firm that, you know, they were all about FaceTime. FaceTime is really important. And I get that, Yeah, but they have just totally switched like a hundred, you know, they've done a 180 and now they're like, you know what, we can all work from home and get along just fine. And, um, you know, and then the other thing about Boston specifically was that my understanding was just as of the day before yesterday, I think a lot of construction projects have been suspended. So yes, it, I read that. Yeah, all non-essential construction projects have been suspended. So yeah. that's going to be a major hit. Right, right. Because you know, you would think with 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 most design professionals, they are usually going out to observe and and take a look at projects, how they're going and, and what's actually happening. And in this case, if a project is shuttered for, for any reason, then there's almost no reason to get on a plane or to, to get in a car and go see them uh, about that, you know? And uh, so there's, there's gotta be some other ways. And I think, you know, Christy, I think there's going to be some more create, we're going to, we haven't seen the end of the creativity that's going to take part here when it comes to, you know, viewing projects, uh, interacting with the client, of course, you know, zoom, if you haven't bought any zoom stock lately, which uh, this is actually the platform that we're using yeah. and I'm not shilling for them at all, at all, but I mean, their, their, their stock has gone through the roof because everybody and their mother is now using zoom conference calls as, as many others go to meeting and, um, Demio and so many others. But the bottom line is that this could potentially be the new normal. And I don't, I don't know if a lot of firms are ready for it, but you're going to pretty much have to jump in with both feet and, and just get accustomed to meeting with your clients this way and to potentially interacting with. Because the other thought that I had is that, you know, it's probably easier to have one person go out, um, take a, um, a, a drone and, and do a, mm-hmm. a site assessment with a drone because you can do it. 
And, um, you know, and then, you, and then you're not impacting like several people. And then you can do a site assessment with a drone and, and it gives you as, as much, it's much data as you can have in a situation where you don't have to actually physically go to a location or site and look at it. Yeah. And I, I think also some firms have started to use some virtual reality type technologies. And that is really going to be a big thing going forward. I think that the firms who can pivot and be able to use things like that are going to have an advantage during this time and also going forward. So I think some of the changes and the investments and the the creativity that is beginning right now is going to stick going forward. And ultimately, it's going to be a good thing. It's going to make firms more efficient. It's going to have people be coming up with solutions they might not otherwise have. It's, yeah. it's not all terrible. Yeah. Um, still, you know, I know that it, it's hard right now. We actually ask firms, you know, what factors are preventing your employees from, you know, effectively working from home? And still the absolute number one thing right now is just this lack of computers and equipment that can be effectively used away from the office. That's like 43% of firms are saying that that's what's stopping them from being efficient right now. And yes, those are investments, but if there's an obstacle, that's one of the easier ones to solve. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many firms um, don't have all their data in the cloud. Cause that to me is one of the, probably the limiting factors for that. You know, if you're relying on a server sitting in a dusty closet somewhere in your office, um, that could that that's a that's a, a yeah. junction point that creates a problem. I was talking to um, some IT professionals the other day on another podcast that I do, and they were talking about the importance of if you haven't set one up to set up a VPN or virtual private network, absolutely, um, yeah, to, to figure out ways to leverage and access your data and information anywhere. Let me stress that I don't care where you are; you should be able to access this information no matter where you are because. Uh, I think it's important for firms to be able to do that. And, you know, clients are going to expect that if I call somebody, I should be able to get an answer and not, yeah, I'm actually working from home, but I don't have access to that particular server. So I can't give you that information right now. I'm going to have to reach out to Bob or Sue and have them give me an update yeah. and I'll get back to you. We're, we're, we're past that, folks. If that's still how your operation is running, then you need to take a quick, hard look at um, your data points and the choke points in your data and in your, in your information that you keep, because uh, you need to, you need to make it accessible on, on a number of different platforms. And it, you need to figure out a way potentially in, in a lot of instances to get it into the cloud uh, or to make it way more accessible than it currently is. Yeah. We, you know, we asked about that as well. And what we're seeing right now is just over 15% of the industry is saying that those data security intranet, issues or what is preventing them from really effectively working from home. Again, that's, that's something that can be fixed. It's, yeah. That is a, a potential solution that's out there. And, you know, we're also seeing some firms say, Hey, you know, really our problem is we just don't have this collaborative software that we need to keep, you know, people from different disciplines or departments or teams working together right now. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that was the other thing that these IT professionals mentioned to me. Um, and, uh, uh, they they said that uh, team software is really important. So, you know, right now, uh, as a matter of fact, because I have this, um, for, for anybody that's wondering, Microsoft is doing, is giving out Microsoft Teams for free 
for like the next 60 to 90 days. Uh, and this will allow people to do um, chat, video calls, ad hoc video meetings. And then it, I, I think it also gives you access to the, the full suite of Office 365 product, products like Word and, and everything else. Because, you know, Christy, you know this, and, and I've seen this when I've gone into other firms. I'm always amazed at the patchwork of how, you know, firms utilize this information. And, and, and you know, one person's using one, one program and somebody else is using another program, and there's no fluidity in how information is being managed and shared. And so, you know, something like that, like a team working environment where you, you know, everybody's using Office 365 or everybody's using Zoho or everybody's using Google. Um, there are ways to to get everybody on the same page so that when you're sharing information and sharing resources, it makes it a lot easier. Um, and I, I even know that you guys, that's why I do that. And, and so it's important for, um, for firms to figure out if that is a pain point, um, figure it out now. And there are a number of local IT firms that'll be more than happy to kind of walk you through some of the best practices as far as that's concerned. Um, I'll certainly put in the show notes the link for this uh, Office 365 and Microsoft Teams free version. I stress that it's free to anyone. Um, this is not just for you know, students and educators, this is for everybody. So, you know, you, you might want yeah. to take a look at this. I actually talked with a firm last week who has a hundred percent of their employees work remote normally. And that was what they stressed was really helpful in keeping everybody working together. That product yeah. right there. So yeah. it's, it's not an advertisement. Just, no, um, no, it's not. I mean, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It's not. I mean, but I don't, I don't care. You use whatever you want to use, but you know, programs like Slack, yeah, I mean, I think Slack, it's important to have something. Yeah. I mean, even Slack right now, if everybody has Slack on your team, then at least everybody's communicating back and forth kind of like in real time. And you don't have to even worry about email. Cause honestly, you know, especially for the younger, for the millennials and for the gen, the gen Z's of the world that are in your firms, um, they're, they are iterating and communicating at a much faster level and, and a faster speed than a lot of other people. So getting them to adopt is going to be simple. It's, it's, it's a lot of the older yeah. people in the firms that, that sometimes struggle with change. I mean, as a Gen Xer, um, and, and uh, you know, as for myself, I can kind of navigate between both worlds. But, um, yeah, you have some other, you know, some of the folks in our boomer generation, which we have a lot of in the design space, um, you know, sometimes they don't like to gravitate towards that. But this is a time for you to learn something new. And, yes, I'm talking to you, boomers, that work in the design space. You can learn something new even if you've been holding out. This is not the time to hold out because it is all hands on deck. Um, we, we've all got to come together. And I, I remember while this, this, the outcome for these guys was didn't end too well. I just remember seeing that scene in Titanic when that whole, um, group of, uh, musicians, they kept playing and they kept playing and they kept playing and, and, you know, they were all in one accord and in agreement and, and, you know, I'm not liking this to the, to the sinking of the Titanic, but I'm just saying that in, in desperate times, Yes, it does call for desperate measures, but you want you want to have operate from from that perspective with everybody in sync. And I think it's just important to remember that. Yeah. So anything else with the survey before we talk about Mark's article, which I think also highlights some other important points that we haven't necessarily gotten to yet? Um, anything else from the survey? Yeah. No, I mean, I think we also asked just people personally, hey, what are you doing as, a, as yourself? And 
you know, we've really seen this number of people who've just said, hey, I've stopped everything that's not essential as far as travel goes myself. You know, that's up to 46% and 21% of people are saying I'm just avoiding certain locations. Yeah. 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 I mean, and in some places, if you're in the Bay Area, I mean, there's seven counties that are in a shelter uh, in place order right now. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, you know, every place, every place, uh, their local leadership is doing whatever they can to to deal with this issue. And, you know, some people, some people's hands are going to have to be forced before they realize how serious this is. Because, uh, of course, I look at social media and I, I see the comments on Facebook by people that I actually esteem fairly highly that, you know, still don't think this is as big of a deal as, as it is. And I'm like, you know, it, it's fine. It's fine um, to take that approach, but it, the outcome could be very painful for you. And all I'm suggesting is that an ounce of caution now uh, will pay off in spades in the long run. And here's the thing that everybody has to be reminded of. We have to survive this. We have to get through this and people will get through this. And, you know, I think that there's going to be a lot of a tremendous opportunity that 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 um, that comes up when this is all said and done, uh, because everybody's going to be ready to really get back to work in a way that that we were used to in the past. Um, but there'll be some changes that that will have come out of this COVID-19 pandemic. Yes. So. All right. All right. Well, let's let's just talk a little bit about um, and if anybody that's listening to this is like, man, that that survey sounds amazing. I want to take that survey um, is I, I can't remember. Is the website really long? Is it is it something that you can mention on the podcast or do we just have to put it in the show notes? Or did you put it? Did you append um, it to we'll the put Zwei a specific group? link in there? But you can just go to ZweiGroup.com and go to our survey participation page. And it's the number one thing right there. At the OK. Top. Cool, cool. Yeah, we might might need to put that on the front page of Zweig's website because that that to me is like that's the first thing that everybody's checking. Um, but yeah, so we'll make sure we put that there. But just go yeah. to zweiggroup.com and click on surveys and it'll be the top survey there that you can take and you get your results right away. Yeah. Yeah, we also have kind of an ongoing blog post, which is on our news section where we are posting reports on the updates to this that we, you know, are more formal reports that have more detailed analysis. And putting a new one up there, you know, almost every day at this point. So you can easily check that page. There's a link there to participate in the survey and um, some more information. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, let's switch gears just a little bit. Um, Mark Zweig, uh, who still writes the main article in the Zweig letter on a regular basis. Um, he's still the chairman of Zweig Group. Uh, he wrote a, a really good a uh, really sobering message earlier this week to talk about some of the things that um, that, uh, that that everybody has to think about, and I, I, you know I can't help but remind people that you know his first sentence says we can all make it through this, and and I w- I, I want to stress that that nobody is is uh, serving up fear or hype. I think we just need to be mindful of where we are and how we get through this. But Mark just kind of laid it out um, for, for people in this article. And, um, you know, for one of the first things that he said uh, was that no firm will be able to achieve its long-term potential without first surviving. And th- that is, that is in and of itself, the, the first thing that you need to be thinking about. I have to, we have to collectively survive this. Our company, we've been around, whether it's five years, whether it's 10 years, whether it's 50 years, we need to survive. That's the first and foremost. And then secondly, if 
there have not been a lot of communication because Christy, you and I know about this because we've been in a lot of firms and we see this. What's one of the biggest challenges that design firms struggle with is communication or, or lack thereof. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it's so important now more than ever. Yeah. And so, you know, Mark said, obviously, a daily email from the CEO on the firm's financial status and actions being taken to deal with the coronavirus situation may well be in order. Uh, obviously, people are fearful. So, you know, it's not a situation where less is more. It's uh, you it, it actually more is more and you're going to have to, you know, share some information. So my advice would be is to structure an email and maybe you have three paragraphs and in each paragraph, you just kind of give a state of the state address. Uh, another paragraph talks about the, the the actual pandemic and how it's impacting and affecting you and the local area where you live. So if you're just in one area, it's easy for you to deal with that. If you're not, and if, you're, if you've got offices in multiple states, you're going to have to do a little bit more work. And so I would imagine that if you've got a larger operation, you probably have somebody else that can call that data for you so that you can then put it into your words and share it out with your team. And then finally, um, make sure you keep people up to date with the financial status of the company and the financial health. And for some of you that don't operate from an open book management perspective, which is something that Zwei Group has always uh, adhered to and have uh, have always consulted their firms to consider uh, operating from, then this may be a chance for you to be a little bit more um, transparent about how things are financially and, and what are the challenges. Because I bet you that if you start to share um, where your firm is that other people will say, you know what, we need to, um, you know, we need to buckle down and, and they won't be so nonchalant about the way they spend money, the way they do certain things, because, you know, austere measures are, are important in this day and age, especially with what, everything that's going on. Christy, do you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah. Well, I would just say to that is it's, you know, important to communicate that actions are being taken. Um, and I, I think, it's also important at this time to kind of open up the brainstorming to employees about, you know, what can be done to keep projects on track or what are some additional sources of revenue that could be derived during this time? Um, because everybody has good ideas, but it's also important to give people the right kind of venue or, or method of, of sharing those ideas so that um, people are, are still staying on track, not like spending hours of, of time, researching something when an action has already been taken to solve an issue. So that's why that communication is so important so that you don't have people that are spending tons of time kind of, you know, chasing down rabbit holes when somebody else has already found a solution to the problem. So what we've seen is, I mean, that could be anything from like a live Google doc where um, people are collaborating. That could be a video conference call with a team, you know, every day. And then the director, director or manager from that team goes and, and talks again, um, and all those people talk amongst themselves. So there, there's a lot of different solutions to that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I love I love the, the the live Google Doc and the video conferencing call. We actually did a live Google Doc in my subdivision here in Fayetteville just to make sure that we look out for some of the older people that really don't need to go out um, if you're over 70 plus and, and, and maybe you're, you're in a comp- compromised health situation, you don't need to go out. And so we've actually created a Google Doc that we share among all 180 residents in our subdivision. And if anybody needs anything, that Google Doc gets updated and somebody that can get in a car and go run an errand or go pick up some to-go food or, you know, run and make a toilet paper run or whatever can do that and help them out. So this is the time to use that technology. Yeah, that's a great idea. 
Yeah. So, um, so here's, and, and, and of course, Mark talked about, and we've already talked about this uh, ad nauseum, but let it, letting everyone work from home who can possibly do so. Obviously there are a lot of people that um, can't, uh, you know, childcare services. I think, I think in Arkansas alone, like 653 um, daycare centers have closed. That's, that's ridiculous. And I can only imagine that it's the same way in other places because what are you going to do? And so you don't have a choice. So you, you, you almost have to work from home and, and be creative. And you're, you're, you've got, you've got a child at home. I've got three at home. And so we, you know, we don't really yeah. have a choice, but, but these are, these are, you know, letting somebody work from home, it, it's just an easy win uh, on so many levels because, you know, everyone's first and foremost focus should be their family and their, and their own personal welfare. Then the company, as far as that's concerned, because if, if you're a company owner or a leader and you think that it should be the other way around and they should be company first and then everybody else, you, you know, you, that's a losing proposition right there. But they, they but if people are not they don't feel safe, they don't feel like they can take care of themselves and their family, they're not going to be able to do a good job for you. So working from home is an easy com- conversation as far as that's concerned. Yeah, I will tell you that, you know, we're having to homeschool um this week and next week at a minimum right now because the schools you know have closed and turned to virtual classrooms and it's been a lot of work um just getting those systems set up and then just helping him with the work had to do like an algebra lesson earlier this week took like a full hour of explaining (laughs) you know how how to isolate the variable and things like that and so that's definitely putting an extra strain i'm sure on a lot of families right now Oh yeah, absolutely. but um, you know the good thing is, from the AEC industry standpoint, um, you know my husband is a landscape architect as well, and our son is getting so much exposure to so many different things that I think that kids don't necessarily always get to um, see from the professional side, like looking over his dad's shoulder at what he's doing on a project, or hearing me have these conference calls and things right. like that. Yeah. So um, you know some of those lessons will hopefully stick with them. It's just a different kind of education. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think I have already recorded like five different podcast episodes for a variety of different podcasts this week. And I've just been running from one thing to the next. And so my kids are like, man, when are you recording another podcast? Because they want to see me do it and see what how what goes into it. Yeah. So, yeah I mean, there are some, there's some, there, there are definitely some silver linings there. And then I just think that, you know, in, in the busyness of life, um, because we're, we're constantly moving 90 to 100 miles an hour, um, you know, I, I have, I, I personally think that we have a way of being slowed, slowed down. And, and this, the COVID-19 pandemic is slowing us down to stop for a second and breathe and kind of catch our collective breaths. Um, yes, it's painful to deal with this and, and nobody would want to want this type of situation to for, um, cause this, but uh, it, it is what it is. And so I say, you know, when in Rome, you have to, you have to figure out a way to embrace it and, and uh, figure out why you're stopping in the first place. So, um, Talk to your clients. That was another thing that Mark mentioned. Um, and I think this is really important. This gets back to the whole communication issue that we discussed. But you want to talk to your clients. You want to find out what, how things are going for them. And, and this is a really good chance. If you are in a situation where you're working with some clients that, and I'm always amazed at this, even in this day and age, that there are a lot of firms that have clients where they don't really have relationships with them. It's more transactional. And, uh, and this is a chance for you to really get 
to build and start a relationship if you don't already have one. If you already have one, if you know your clients' names, their spouse or significant others' names, what their kids like to do, what their kids' names are, and all that good stuff, uh, then fine. Uh, I'm not talking to you. But for those of you that keep it business as usual when you're dealing with your clients and you don't get into all of that, listen, everybody has a life outside of their job. And I would encourage you to find time to learn more about them. What are they going through? I've been talking to one client after the other, after the other, text messaging, phone calling, you name it. Hey, how are you doing? How are you and the family doing in this situation? Do you need anything? Um, so on and so forth. And it's always reciprocated. Uh, and, you know, it, it just works out that way. So I would really encourage firms to, to, to figure out a way to just get on the phone and talk with their clients. Don't make it all about business. How are you holding up in this situation? What's happening? You know, really have a conversation with them and don't act as, a, as if it's just business as usual. And then again, here's the, here's the real thing, Christy, because we say this all the time when it comes to proposals and when it comes to scope creep issues and issues of, um, you know, getting adjustments and change orders and all that stuff. You need to have some money conversations with your client. Is everything okay? Uh, we have an upcoming bill coming due. Will it be a problem? Should we should we expect for something else? Will you not be able to fulfill the total bill? Is you know, and these are these are questions that you need to know. You know, maybe a client tells you, "Listen, we've got a ten thousand dollar bill coming to you next week," um, and then the client says, "Yeah, but we're going to have a problem paying that whole amount, but we can give you seventy five hundred. Is that okay? Good to know." Yeah, that's the, that's the kind of yeah. information. Am I right? I mean, is there anything you want to add to that, Chris? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and it's better to better to have that conversation and know what to expect or be able to make a make an adjustment versus just not having that line of communication at all and sitting there wondering. Yeah, absolutely. And then here's the other thing too is it, you know, Mark talked about cutting all unnecessary overhead expenses. That should go without saying, but if there was ever a time for you to take a fine-tooth comb, sorry for the 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 alliteration here, and go through all of your finances, and find out where the waste is, okay? And and this is a much harder conversation. Um, not that you're going to get rid of anybody, but you even have to look at personnel. You, you need to look at, uh, are there redundancies there? Are there people that, you know, maybe you've been having some challenges with? And, you know, this is a real chance for you to have some 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 real conversations with your folks about uh, their performance and, and Hey, we need, we need you to really continue to, to improve in this area. And, you know, this is an opportunity for you just like it is for us to be able to rise to the occasion. And, and that will give you a chance to, to do that. So I think it's important to look at all overhead expenses, make sure you aren't leaving extra lights on, um, look at any service contracts that you have that need to be renewed. Maybe some don't need to be removed, be renewed. Uh, do you have unnecessary software just sitting out there? Um, software as a service is one of the biggest uh, leaks of financial of money out of firms that you, you will have signed up for something a year or two ago and forgot that you have it. You're not even using oh, it, absolutely, but, you're, but yeah. you're paying for it. Right. I mean, you have something to add to that? No, I mean, we just see it all the time. And this is just such a good time to work on your business and take a look at all those expenses. Make sure you're using everything you have to its fullest capacity. And if not, uh, get rid of it. Yeah. Subscriptions absolutely. and technology. 
It's huge. It's huge. I have to go through it myself and yeah. I just keep a, a spreadsheet of all of the SaaS that I purchase on a monthly basis. Cause after a while you lose sight of it and you, you know, it's like, it's, you know, on a personal mm-hmm. level, it's five ninety nine here, nine ninety nine there, but on a business level, it's, $79.99 a month here, $109 or $119.99 a month there. And that stuff adds up. So um, figure out where you can cut costs. Yeah. Well, and again, that's where that communication comes back into play because we'll, even in small firms, you'll have different departments or teams and they may make some small investment in um, a certain program or method of communication amongst one team, but they're not sharing that with the entire firm. And so sometimes there are you know economies of scale where if everybody was using the same thing, you can get the whole firm on a more affordable subscription or plan. Um, or maybe there's solutions that certain teams haven't even thought of that others are using that are either inexpensive or even free. Yeah. It's, got, it's just so important to have those conversations right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Mark also mentioned this, which I know he's not a huge fan of, but sometimes it's necessary. And, and these are extraordinary times, but consider across the board pay cuts. I'd rather take a pay cut and and keep the firm lights on and keep things moving forward than try to power through with our current payroll with the understanding that, you know, we may not be bringing in nearly as much money as we need to bring in to a cover payroll or anything else. So um, sometimes taking a pay cut might be helpful. And if you do take a pay cut, again, communication is important. You want to let people know the period of time that you're going to do this and that you're going to take a pay cut with the understanding that you're going to make up for it later that you will make people whole, if you will, with regard to the amount of money that they gave up on a regular basis in order to help to keep the company afloat. Yep. I mean, that's a a tough pill to swallow, but you're totally right. Sometimes it has to happen. Yeah. And then a couple of other things that, that we we've kind of alluded to, but this is, there's never been a better time for you to talk to your bank. Um, you, you want to try to see if you, if you don't have a, a line of credit, maybe you see about getting a line of credit. Um, there's a lot of money out there on the street right now. Uh, interest rates are extreme, historically at all-time lows. And so the availability of cash is actually pretty good right now as long as you have a, a pretty decent position with your company. And even then, all I would say is that it's not what you know, it's who you know. And if you have a, a, a good banker relationship, if or if you don't already have a good relationship with your banker, now's the time to develop that relationship. Every bank manager, every manager of a portfolio of, of uh, business clients has, a, it's their prerogative to want to have a relationship with you. So I would encourage you, if you don't know your banker by first name, you need to figure out a way to do that. But one of the things that you can do, especially in this time, is to find out about a way to get a, a line of credit, uh, especially before things get worse, because I, I think that they will. Um, and then, you know, obviously, you know, maybe look at all of your commitments that you have outstanding, uh, figure out ways, be proactive about contacting some of your creditors to say, Hey, I'm going to need a little bit more time to pay this. Can I, can you, can we change the terms? Um, can we, you know, can we have 45 days instead of 30? Can we have 60 instead of 45? I mean, again, a lot of situations, some of it is, companies won't even tell you that they're doing it. They're already doing it, but you don't know unless you ask. So you need to go to firms and companies that you owe money to, to creditors and say, hey, um, we'd like a little extra time. Is that possible? And find out how much extra time that you can get. And so sometimes 15 days is, is huge. Yeah. 
So, and then there's also the SBA emergency loans that are out there. Uh, there was a $50 million uh, emergency, 50 billion emergency loan program from the SBA for small businesses affected by the coronavirus. So um, that's probably you. It, it's definitely, I mean, it, every, a lot of firms are affected by this. And so uh, there is money out there. You need to check with your local leaders, uh, your local SBA lender to find out what, uh, what is actually available in your area. Uh, I would start with your local leaders and go to whatever local bank is your major SBA lender and talk to them. They're going to be well-versed on this and they'll be the ones to be able to help you out and kind of guide you down um, whatever path that you can go down. You'd be surprised. There's more money than you think out there available for you. Sometimes you just have to ask for it. Yeah, I think it really just depends on your, your firm type and firm size um, and, you know, all kinds of, of different ways that you're structured internally, there's going to be options. And I think that that is another situation we're going to see continue to change. Yeah. I can't even possibly forecast at this time what may become available, but um, I think we're already starting to see, see some action on yeah. that. And, you know, g given that this survey is kind of a living, breathing thing, you may want to add in a question about uh, if individuals have sought um, additional funding, uh, any SBA yeah. type, type of funding, because that will be helpful for others to have that data point in this space and know that, oh, okay, well, here's an architectural firm in, um, in Iowa. They applied and got an SBA loan to help them with X, Y, and Z. So, I mean, it's just sometimes we just need examples set before us to allow us to know that, oh, okay, I can do this. So, um, you know, I think that's definitely something that I would recommend doing. Mm -hmm. And then finally, um, you know, Mark talks about talking with your competitors and peer firms. And I think I think it's a mistake to to think that you're in a bubble by yourself and that we're just going to hunker down and get through this and and it's us against the world. It's not you against the world. It's you and everybody else against coronavirus. And that's kind of what it is. So it's not a situation where you're in this by yourself. And so I think it's important for you if you haven't established some um uh relationships with some of your competitors, you need to do that. There's nothing like a healthy competition. And it's important for you uh, to figure out how to, how to find out how other people are doing in your marketplace. And so I would encourage you to establish a peer group of CEOs or other leaders of, of design firms and just share and trade information. And, and who knows, there might be something that a, a firm down the street's doing that you need to implement in your organization, but you're afraid to do it because you, you're, you're concerned about giving up trade secrets. Listen, there's nothing new under the sun. Whatever one design firm's doing, probably other design firms are doing in some variation or form. So I really want to encourage you to get over yourself when it comes to that and, and really be open to being transparent, having real conversations, and learning from other people. Because I got to tell you folks, again, we are in uncharted waters and you need to do everything in your power to, um, to survive. You need to do everything in your power to grow, even in these challenging times. And um, you need to be open and willing to share with others what's going on. Yeah, Zwei Group is actually working on developing some kind of like virtual roundtables and ways that we can help encourage those conversations and um, being able to talk with your peers in the industry. And more of that will be coming soon. So keep an eye on our website. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And and so as, as and certainly as this podcast continues to roll out, I'm so excited to be doing this White Glitter podcast. We have over 150 episodes in the vault, so I certainly encourage you to go back and listen to some of those. Um, but we're coming out of the gates. Uh, and of course, it, we're in the midst, in the middle of this whole pandemic, but um, it, it, there's going to be a lot of new information shared on the podcast. It's it's in the same location it's always been. So you'll be able to subs- continue to subscribe to it. If you had paused your subscription, now is the time to uh, to get back with us and, and uh, tune in on a regular basis because we're going to have some really very valuable episodes coming up in the near future, certainly dealing with this. But then when this issue is over, and it will be at some point in time, we will be talking about how we pick up the pieces, how we continue to move forward. And um, the Zweig Letter podcast is going to do everything in our power uh, to bring that information to you in a timely manner. And so we're excited to be here. So any final thoughts, Christy? No, thank you so much, Randy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there you have it, folks. Another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. Yes, we are dealing with difficult times, but you know what? Together, we can get through this. I firmly believe that. Uh, As always, you can always reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, You can connect with me here at Zweig Group at rwilburn at zweiggroup.com. I'll be more than happy to answer any questions. Uh, When you check out this particular episode of the podcast, I would encourage you to go to the show notes, which is on the Zweig Group website, which will kind of give you some additional information. So everything that Christy and I talked about today will be accessible on that show note page and will give you uh, some helpful points to check out uh, the Microsoft um, 365 office team environment and all that other good stuff that we mentioned today will be on there. If you haven't already taken the survey, I want to encourage you to take the survey and get the results instantly. If you have any questions to, to, for Christy, Christy, what, why don't you give the audience your, your email real quick? Yeah, my email is C Zweig. That's C Z W E I G at zweiggroup.com. And feel free to reach out to me with any questions that you have about this, any questions you have about um, the survey or any other research that Y Group does. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there you have it, folks. A great uh, reboot of the Zweig Letter podcast. We're so excited to get started and um, we look forward to to hearing from you and, and especially from, from those of you that have been big fans over the years uh, of the original Zweig Letter podcast. The reboot is going to be even better. That I promise you. So that's all for now. I'm Randy Wilburn, your host, and I will see you soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Zweig Letter podcast. We hope that you can be part of elevating the industry and that you can apply our advice and information to your daily professional life. For a free digital subscription to The Zweig Letter, please visit thezweigletter.com slash subscribe to gain more wisdom and inspiration in addition to information about leadership, finance, HR, and marketing your firm. Subscribe today.